This is a variety show with no particular niche, baby. It's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out, me and you. Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James. I'm still here, and I'm still fucking doing this all on my own. Insert sound effect. Hi, what's up? What's happening? Man, TikTok people are broken in the brains. So fucking broken. I just, right before this, I was using the restroom. I was taking a leak before recording. And there was this person who was kind of, I was nodding along while sitting on the can because it's more comfortable that way. Am I right, fellas? Burn. Oh my God, I'm losing my fucking mind. This person was making some points that had me nodding along. I was like, ooh, yeah, history does kind of repeat itself, kind of rhyme, and it is happening on a quicker scale. I mean, I've already thought this shit before of like, uh, COVID is the Spanish flu, World War One, the Roaring Twenties, the Burst blah 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 and i'm nodding along like yeah i've thought of this before already and i'm kind of fucking right and i'm not afraid to say it that's why i have my own podcast see the thing about having a podcast is you can say whatever you want and you can just believe it's right but i like to think i'm on to something with like there are some particular fucking um very similar patterns happening that I noticed happening, you know, before. I, I covered this in the New Age Nazis episodes back at the beginning of the plague in 2020. Uh, the question was, I mean, I, I was exploring a sort of a niche thing of like, what's the weird fucking occult shit the Nazis were into? And they were into a lot. And it was not the easiest thing to find out. And it was a, a lot of research went into that. But those the episodes that I've done on that topic thus far, which still isn't done, I, I still want to continue it at some point. I just need to use corporate speak, if you will allow me. I need the bandwidth to circle back around to that topic. So for the meantime, I've put a pin in it until I can cultivate a little more bandwidth. Well, um, what I ended up covering thus far is what led up to the shit that went down in Germany. Like, what led up to that? And kind of noticing some weird similarities between stuff that happened a hundred years ago and stuff that's happening uh, right now. Weird, weird similarities, except uh, now we also have the... Um, it's, I don't, it's no longer impending. It's here, the uh, climate climate disaster. However, however, so I'm watching this person on TikTok, you know, talking about the stuff that I've already thought about years ago, and I'm nodding along and I'm like, 
I wonder if this person is going to have a point that resonates that, that I hadn't considered before. And it just went into the same old broke brain TikTok shit of, um, now I, I don't, fully disagree, but the way this person does is, uh, I'm getting lost in the weeds here. Basically, they said something like, and, and I fucking backed out with like 10 seconds left on the video. I was like, fuck, I'm sick of this shit. Um, the person said, okay, you know, the, the, the burst is coming, but we have a chance to save the world. And what we do after the burst is what uh, is is what is going to determine whether we save the world or not. And my solution is dot, dot, dot. I, I, and this is verbatim what they said. White people are broken. Mind you, this was a white person uh, making this video, this TikTok video. White people are broken. Uh, let's just face it, fam. It's a coping mechanism, blah, 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 blah. And I stopped listening and stopped the video there because it's so fucking annoying because there's so many people, broke brain people on TikTok who take shit they learn like in their specific therapy sessions with their shrink like something to apply to their very niche, their very small set of circumstances in their life. And then it's almost like they take this little thing that requires certain, um, oh, what's the word? Circumstances, such as that individual's subjective life and history and psychology and etc. It's almost as if they take this stuff and then say, oh, well, this can fit for literally everything, right? No, no, no. That's not how it works. No. Not everything is white people coping mechanisms. I mean, there's fucking videos of people like breathing as a ADHD neurodivergent coping mechanism. I don't say this stuff to belittle anyone. I've got my fucking problems. I've talked about it on here at great length. But the thing is, not every fucking thing is a neurodivergent coping mechanism. And in particular to this video that set me off right before recording, let me say it like this. They are engaging, and be, please be, uh, hear me out, be willing to go with me on this, racist. Now, it's different than Jim Crow kind of shit, but it is racist in the idea that it is dividing class by perpetuating a racist, oh, God, I'm going to use more corporate speak here, racist paradigm. Ooh, there's a two-cent word for you, paradigm, paradigm. That's how it's spelled phonetically, paradigm. Um, I want to tell this person, all these people, look, you're on to something. 
You're so close. You're so close. But let, before you jump to your conclusion here, let me let me help you out here. It's not just a white people are broken, blah, 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 blah. Yes, there is a fascist. It's not even a creep. It's a run right now. It's, it's here. It's been here, unfortunately. But the thing is that along with much of the other stuff you talked about is like the uh, the the friends meme with the whoever talking to the the phoebe's talking to the whatever the chad bros i don't know their fucking names friends i i've seen seinfeld more i really need a fucking sound box i need like a drop machine or something i need an engineer i need people i need people anyway um I want to tell this person, repeat after me, it, it, is, is, a, a, class, class, issue, issue, it is a class issue. White people are broken and this is a coping mechanism for blood. What's a fucking coping mechanism? What are you even fucking talking about? You just jumped to some coping mechanism about what? About what? And what does that have to do with what? What? Hi. Let's, let's, start, let's start over. Hi. Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James. And today, I'm going to be reading some funny fucking quotes from Orson Welles. But before we get into that, here's some quick business. If you did not know... I make bonus episodes, quite a few of them. I strive to make one new one every week. However, due to um, extenuating, um, unplannable circumstances, I, I cannot fully guarantee that will happen all the fucking time. Plus, I have a day job, so I've got limited time. But I, I strive to get them out. I, I'm in the 40s. Like, I'm almost at 50 now. Bonus episodes. So, if you want ac access to all previously recorded and released bonus episodes, this week's bonus episode and future bonus episodes as well for a month, please consider supporting this show and my other artistic endeavors. What? Yes. I'm doing web series stuff now because I'm so desperate for acting work that I decided to make my own work. Oh my God. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that in a second. Uh, you can get access to the stuff and peace of mind of helping an independent creator, an independent artiste by supporting the show at patreon.com slash that thing with James. That's patreon.com slash that thing with James tiers. There's different tiers with different benefits. Start at $5 for one month, but that'll get you access to all the shit, all the shit. Um, until the next month if you don't renew. But $5 to get in the door, patreon.com slash that thing with James. And thank you to my current patrons. You rock. I would give you a hug if you were here. I need a hug. 
Um, I mentioned I'm making my own acting work. Yes, yes. I recently made a web series and compiled them all together, and I like it better all together because you really get a sense for the flow. Plus, uh, I made some, like, bonus uh, content that really fits. Like, it, it changes the whole fucking scope of the thing. Um, it, it, it becomes like a two-fold story happening here. And you can find this on my YouTube channel. If you're just an audio listener, I have a YouTube channel. This show is on it. It's the same show except with video, and you get to see my pretty face in uh, high definition with uh, as, as good of a lighting and everything as I can set up with what I have. Um, and my YouTube channel is called That Thing With James. Unfortunately, you uh, cannot quite yet, I would emphasize the word yet, find it by typing in, you, you cannot yet find it by typing in youtube.com slash that thing with James because you need to have at least 100 subscribers to your channel in order to claim a custom URL. And boy, I have been lusting for one for years. I know exactly the URL I would use. However, I do not have at least 100 YouTube subscribers to, uh, to my channel. So if you're not subscribed, and if you feel like it, if you're feeling generous, or if you actually really like the stuff I do, and maybe even me, please, you know, subscribe to my channel. That would be awesome. And also, go watch this mini-series that I made, and then... Um, and especially look out for uh, After the Tone, Complete and Improved. That's the whole title. After the Tone, Complete and Improved. Uh, that was my first time making something like that. I'm proud of it. I like it. And I'm going to keep doing stuff. I'm going to make more stuff like it. And perhaps the character in After the Tone will return in the future. I don't know. I don't know. Just throwing that out there, seeing if the spaghetti's done, if it sticks to the wall. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, please go check it out. And if you like it, hit the like button, all that shit. Uh, let's see what else. If you, I, I invite you here, let me start over. I invite you to help guide this ship, help me harvest content for this show. I'm talking topics to riff on articles to cover, uh, songs, videos, memes, whatever. Send me your suggestions or your questions. If you want advice or have any other kind of question, send me your your submissions. That's what I'm looking for. Send your submissions to the show email, thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. You can also find me on, oh, surprise, surprise, TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. My handle on all three is at James J. Asher. Uh, what else? Please shit post on my subreddit r slash that thing with James because frankly, I really love Dada. It is a, uh, a form of art, Dada, D-A-D-A. Form of art from the uh, 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Started in the 20s uh, around uh, Zurich, Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, 
Da, 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 da. One of the best fucking things I learned in art classes was Dada. And I feel shitposting is contemporary Dada. You cannot change my mind on this. I dare you to contest me. Fucking email me or post it on my subreddit. That's where I was going at r slash that thing with James. You can find all of that information, including the patreon.com slash that thing with James link in the episode description. Now, back to today's topic. Right after I take a sip of water, I am parched after that rant. Just a second. I'm back. I've changed shirts. It's hot. I don't feel like putting on the air conditioner because I feel like it might sully the sound quality. And I don't want that. I pride myself on trying to bring you as high a quality of product as I possibly can. That's what you can get with that thing with James Productions. It's not the best, but it's the best I can give you. Today's topic is Orson Welles talking shit about people. If you don't know who Orson Welles is, I highly encourage you to uh, do a little research because the man is fascinating and also a legendary filmmaker, although he started in the theater back in the 1910s or 20s, whatever, And then he gained notoriety in, I think it was the 20s, doing a radio play in like around Newark, I think. And uh, the radio play was War of the Worlds. Um, That book, they, they dramatized it and turned it into a radio play as if it were a news broadcast. And there were people in like a 30 mile radius of where this radio play happened who were flipping the fuck out. People literally thought the earth was under attack from alien machines from outer space. (laughs) And then, like, the next big gig Wells got was his first ever film, often regarded as the greatest film of all time on so many lists over so many years afterwards. I think it's probably still listed as, like, the number one greatest film ever made, entitled Citizen Kane. Orson Welles made that. There's some contention. He's listed as the person who wrote Citizen Kane, although there is someone else who may have actually written it. And there's some, there's a story there. Regardless, Orson Welles went on to become quite the character. And um, the man is, in the words of Z-Way, iconic. He has an iconic look, an iconic voice, and certainly iconic things to say. And one of the many things he had to say were insults. And some, maybe a month ago, I came across this Twitter thread where someone was sharing excerpts mostly from a book. I, th- I think it was entitled My Lunches with Orson. 
by someone named, I think it's like Henry Jaglom or Yaglom. I'm going to call him Yaglom. Just kind of makes more sense. Why would it? Let me, let me look at how this dude's name is spelled. Um, let's see here. J A. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Henry. I was right. Henry J A G L O M. Jaglom. I think it's more Yaglom. It's probably a Jewish name. Um, but this thread was shared from, uh, at J Frankensteiner and their name, I guess is John Frankensteiner or is it Frankensteiner? I don't know, but they shared this long thread and let's just get into it. John, I'm going to call him Frankensteiner. It's Frankenstein. I wish there was a directory of film directors where you look a name up and it's just a summary of Orson Welles roasting them. So this one is from a Playboy interview. Playboy asks, how do you feel about the films of Antonioni, Orson Welles? According to a young American critic, one of the great discoveries of our age is the value of boredom as an artistic subject. If that is so, Antonioni deserves to be counted as a pioneer and founding father. His motives are perfect backgrounds for fashion models. Maybe there aren't backgrounds that good in vogue, but three ought to be. He, uh, they ought to get Antonioni to design them. Playboy. And what about Fellini? Oh, God, Wells, please don't dog on Fellini. I love Fellini. Life is a Fellini film. Wells, he's as gifted as anyone making pictures today. His limitation, which is also the source of his charm, is that he's fundamentally very provincial. His films are small-town boys' dream of the big city. His sophistication, his sophistication works because it's the creation of someone who doesn't have it. But he shows dangerous signs of being a superlative artist with little to say. Playboy. Ingmar Bergman? As I suggested a while ago, I share neither his interest nor his obsessions. He's far more foreign to me than the Japanese. Okay, well, Wells didn't stop there. <laughs> According to John Frankensteiner, Wells was such a savage. Here's what Wells had to say about Woody Allen. Oh, uh, Orson Wells. And this is the one with the conversation with Henry Yaglom. Wells, I hate Woody Allen physically. I dislike that kind of man. I can hardly bear to talk to him. He has the Chaplin disease. That particular combination of arrogance and timidity sets my teeth on edge. Yaglom, he's not arrogant. He's shy. Wells, he is arrogant. Like all people with timid personalities, his arrogance is unlimited. Anybody who speaks quietly and shrivels up in company is unbelievably arrogant. He acts shy, but he's not. He's scared. He hates himself, and he loves himself. A very tense situation. It's people like me who have to carry on and pretend to be modest. To me, it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. A man who presents himself at his worst to get laughs in order to free himself from his hang-ups. Everything he does on screen is therapeutic. 
I mean, art... <laughs> art can be quite therapeutic, not going to lie, but I totally get what he has to say, and frankly, the, the terminally self-deprecating people, I've long felt to to be that self-deprecating like that to be that oh oh, oh oh what was me that is ego that is massive fucking ego now it might not be boosting yourself up and making you feel good but it's ego maybe i've called it negative ego but it is ego nonetheless it's you playing around with your ego, saying, oh, oh, me, me, me. Get over it. Mm, toxic positivity. Yeah, what about your toxic negativity? Get over it. Let me take another sip of water. Let me wet my whistle real quick. Now, I don't know for sure. And you, and you, can, uh, you can reply. You can, you can email me at the show email, that thing with james at gmail.com. If I'm off the mark here, but I feel like I do a pretty good job of writing the line between self-deprecating and arrogant, but like in a good, healthy Orson Welles kind of way, but without being, you know, as much of a blowhard. I feel like I ride that line pretty fucking well. So let's keep reading, shall we? John Frankensteiner continues, I love when Orson Welles bitches about Bogdanovich the hell's Bogdanovich? Like an old married couple that immediately talks shit about the other when they leave the room. Bogdanovich? Peter. I have no idea who Bogdanovich is, but let's read it. Henry Yaglom. So Bogdanovich is going to be on this show today. Wells, he's good on TV. Yeah, but he antagonizes a lot of people. Cynical. That makes me look better. Always nice to have a heavy man. When I first met Bogdanovich, you thought he was nuts. He was always finding great virtues in all of those studio directors. Unwatchable. Um, when I first met Bogdanovich, the higher voices, Yaglom. When I first met Bogdanovich, it, I was very snide about John Ford movies. I made fun of them. When I grew up, I realized that they were perfectly good. Say hello to Peter if you see him. Is that book on Dorothy Stratton ever going to come out? Who the fuck is Dorothy Stratton? I want some good insults here. Wells, I have a terrible fear that it'll be a runaway bestseller. Really, I have a dread. He'll behave so badly. He'll become such a pompous ass again. Right after the last picture show, he came out to Arizona to play his part in The Other Side of the Wind and sat for five hours at the table talking to me with his back turned to my cinematographer, Gary Graver, whom he knew very well. He never said hello or goodbye to him. You want to know about your friend Peter? Nonetheless, say hello to me. Yeah, if I get a chance, I'll uh, finally get a chance to say anything. Oh, if I get, yeah, if I get a chance to say anything. Oh, man, I fucked that one up. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. Um, okay, so what's this next one? Still talking to Yaglom, Orson Welles. Um, oh, I think he's talking about Chaplin here. No. He didn't improvise much, but he wasn't the one who planned the jokes either. He had six gag men. Chaplin had six gag men? Yes. Oh, yes, of course. I'll tell you a story. 
I'm completely stunned. It makes him Johnny Carson to me. Of course, he was Johnny Carson. He did think up gags, but he also had gag men. The only one who didn't, who didn't was Harold Lloyd, who was the greatest gag man in the history of movies. If you look at his movies, the gags are the most inventive, the most original, the most visual of any of the silent comics. But they weren't touching like Chaplin's were. Come on, who's talking about touching? We're talking about gags. A gag isn't supposed to be touching. City Lights is still the greatest Chaplin film, no question. But that other film is bad. From that time on, he went down so fast that he'd almost been unrecognizable. Limelight. Limelight. Didn't have Paulette Godard. No, no. The picture I'm talking about was made before when I was still a boy. Gold Rush? No, no, no. Which one of it was her? I forget. Not Modern Times. Modern Times. That's the bad picture. I saw it again six weeks ago. It doesn't have a good moment in it. <laughs> okay. So clearly he doesn't like Chaplin. Oh my god, there was more. Um, Keaton had more to do. Let's see here. Chaplin showed me the rushes of the original limelight scene with Keaton before it was cut. Keaton had more to do, I presume. Not only more to do, but he gave the bath to Chaplin, washed him right off the screen. You saw who was the best, just no argument. And you think that the reason Chaplin cut it was because he was jealous of Keaton? There's no thinking. I can't blame him, because it was almost embarrassing. You would think that the brilliance of Chaplin would give him the generosity of spirit to recognize. I don't think brilliance is the word. Genius is. I mean, he was some kind of genius, right? No, not some kind of genius. He was absolutely a genius, but so was Keaton. There's nothing Chaplin ever made that's as good as The General. I think The General is almost the greatest movie ever made. Um, and then Yaglom continues, You should see Chaplin's female impersonation movie, The Woman. It was called a short, about 20 minutes. He was wearing a fur muff and a fur hat. He looked terrific as a woman. Okay. Well, this certainly is a opinionated man, but let's see. What does Wells have to say? Let's see. Uh, Wells challenges historians to prove him wrong that Cecil B. DeMille invented the fascist salute. What? <laughs> what? Wells. Because every dictatorship has always adapted the gestures and costumes of an ancient nation, that's the kind of thing that I would like to do on TV, to take people through all these kinds of connections, including when you go into the Caesarism of Mussolini. There is the fascist salute. DeMille invented it. He had to come up with something for the crowd, all, the, all those extras to do, and, and Mussolini picked it up from there. Then it went to Hitler, and everybody else was doing it ever since. Yaglom. So Mussolini sees DeMille's version of ancient Rome, and, oh, you'll get historians who'll scream about it and say it isn't true, but I've never been able to find anyone who could disprove it. Okay, so uh, apparently Cecil B. DeMille invented the, uh, you know, the, the Heil hand gesture. 
Okay. Uh, Orson considered directing a quote-unquote great. Uh, wait, considered a director great. The big man had to bring the fire. Einstein Sergei. I have no idea who that is, but let's keep going. Uh, not even Orson's friends are spared. Uh, John Ford Wells. I recently saw what I've always been told was Jack Ford's greatest movie, and it's terrible. The Searchers. He had he made many very bad pictures. Yeah, Gloom. You're talking about the horse soldiers that and stupid Sergeant Rutledge? Wells. I was in Peter's house one night and he ran some John Ford picture. During the first reel I said isn't it funny how incapable even Ford and all American directors are of making women look in period? I said, look at those two girls who were supposed to be out in the covered wagon. Their hairdos and their costumes are really what the actresses in the 50s thought was good taste. Otherwise, they're going to say, I can't come out in this. Peter flew into a rage, turned off the projector, and wouldn't let us see the rest of the movie because I didn't have enough respect for Ford. But Jack made some of the best ever. Um, all honesty, I don't know who half these fucking people are, but I'm really hoping, oh, I'm hoping for something like this. Hitchcock. Wells on Hitchcock. Wells. But I've never understood the cult of Hitchcock, particularly the uh, late American movies. I don't recognize the same director. Egotism and laziness. They're all lit like television shows. About the time he started to use color, he stopped looking through the camera. I saw one of the worst movies I've ever seen the other night. Hitchcock's movie where Jimmy Stewart looks through the window. Rear window? Everything is stupid about it. Complete insensitivity to what a story about voyeurism could be. If you think that one was bad, there's another terrible one with Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak. Vertigo. That's worse. And then the other one, what was the other one? His much-praised comedy, The Trouble with Harry? By then, it was senility. No, it wasn't senility. That movie came earlier. <laughs> I think he was senile a long time before he died. He was in life, you know. He kept falling asleep when you were talking to him. Oh, man. Oh, and here's Wells on Ingmar Bergman. God, no one is safe. Okay. I don't condemn that very northern, very Protestant world of artists like Bergman. It's just not where I live. The Sweden I like to visit is a, it's a lot of fun, but Bergman's Sweden always reminds me of something Henry James said about Ibsen's Norway, that it was full of the odor of spiritual paraffin. How I sympathize with that. There's an awful lot of Bergman, Bergman and Antonioni that I'd rather be dead than sit through. For myself, unless a film is hallucinatory, unless it becomes the kind of experience, it doesn't come alive. I know that directors find serious and sensitive audiences for films where people sit around peeling potatoes in the peasant houses, but I can't read that kind of novel either. Somebody has to be knocking at the door. I figure that's the way Shakespeare thought, so I can't be in bad company. Oh man, I need another drink of water. 
Wells had some choice words to say about uh, Elia Kazan, too, calling him a traitor for flipping on so many people during the McCarthy Red Scare era. But I'm going to skip that and go to this final one to wrap up this episode. It's about John Landis. I happen to be a fan of John Landis. Wells, not so much. Here's what he have to say. Here's what he have. Here's what he has to say. You know that asshole from Animal House? A real shit. John Landis? Well, let me be of some help here. He, he's a person I can influence. Kill him. No, no, I don't want to. He, he's really a decent guy. What's he done? Won't leave me alone. Keeps phoning me and giving me advice on how to make the movie. In a very patronizing way. Everything he says is dumb. And who's the other? Not, not Folsey. George Folsey. His father shot a lot of uh, Millenni musicals. Meet Me in St. Louis. They're not coming to Rome, are they? Oh, yes. They're coming up with their wives to shop and all that, unless they're in jail. Oh, right, that Twilight Zone thing. The Vic Morrow thing, killed by a helicopter blade. You know that both of them phoned me to give me advice on the script the day they were indicted? On the day they were indicted. I swear to God, there was one other one where Landis, he, he, he goes on to call him a little shit. He goes on to call him a little shit because John Landis had the gall to approach him, approach Wells while Wells was having lunch one day. And Landis was very clearly like being respectful. And Wells is just like, what a piece of shit. He approached me while I was eating lunch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you don't know Wells, look him up. If you haven't seen Citizen Kane, oh God, watch it. It's fucking great. And if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please subscribe. And if you're not a member of my Patreon, please consider becoming one at patreon.com slash that thing with James. That's all for today for the free episode. I'm going to uh, charge my camera and try to figure something to talk about in the bonus episode. So hopefully I'll see you there. If not, thanks for tuning in and I will catch you next time. Love you. Bye.